to TSCRA Talk, a podcast by Texas and Southwestern Cattle Raisers Association. I'm your host, Kristen Brown. This month, we have Marvin Wills, a TSCRA Special Ranger, to talk about a case that just recently came to a close. Marvin, welcome to TSCRA Talk. We're so glad to have you with us today. Well, thanks for having me. Now, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background before TSCRA and where you're located at, how long you've been with Cattle Raisers. I was a game warden for 30 years prior to going to work for Cattle Raisers in 2008. I've been with them approximately 15 years now. I'm located, my district, I work District 15, which covers most of Central Texas. Well, that's great. I'm sure that your experience as a game warden has been really beneficial to your work with Cattle Raisers. You know, it kind of runs hand in hand uh, as a game warden. Of course, you work with landowners and ranchers every day, and it's just kind of the same MO as being a cattle ranger, working for cattle raisers. You, uh, I deal with the same people with cattle raisers I did with Parks and Wildlife. Well, very neat. Now, I'm excited to hear from you today about the Rittenbaugh case, which started in 2018 with stolen cattle. Correct. In 2018, uh, William Rittenbaugh stole some branded cattle from a acquaintance that he knew. The uh, victim, which we're going to call him the victim, the guy that owned the cattle, gave me a call. I located the cattle in Rittenbaugh's pens, and that's where the, the first case actually started. So what did the investigation look like? How long did it take you to locate the cattle? Just a matter of hours. Uh, the victim told me where the cattle were located. I drove to the uh, written balls set up pins which are right there by a public road and I just witnessed I witnessed the victim's brand on the cattle called called written ball and asked him about it and he told me they belonged to the victim okay well then what happened next of course um, he was indicted on those charges and then like it was like a domino effect written ball had actually turned some cattle out for some people in other words the people own the cattle, and he just provided care and grazing for them. And when those victims started calling their cattle in, there was none to be located. The cattle were missing. And at the end of the day, there was two more victims and probably about 600, 600 or 800 head of cattle missing. And how did that investigation play out? It played out over a two-year period, of course, going over bank records, going over purchase receipts. Uh, of course, he was indicted. He was indicted on those two charges, and he bonded out of jail on those two charges. At that time, there was three charges involved, three different cattle theft charges. That was a more in-depth investigation. Of course, we had to make sure there wasn't any cattle and gave him the opportunity to produce the, the victim's cattle, which he couldn't and he didn't. And so that's when we proceeded with trying to find out where he went with all those cattle that were missing. That makes sense. Can you tell us more about what he did with that many head of cattle? Was he willing to share any information with you at all about what he had done with them or where they were? Of course, he w was not willing to work with us. He lawyered, what we call lawyered up pretty quick. Didn't what, We couldn't talk to him. We could only talk to his attorneys. We reviewed sale barn records, found very few cattle that he sold through a sale barn. We never really located the cattle that were missing. And one of the problems we had with our missing cattle were they were supposed to have been branded by Rittenball for the victims, but Rittenball never did brand those cattle for the people. And at the end of the day, the best we can tell is he 
10 or 15 or 20 headed to sold them individual to, to private treaty contracts with people, sold them to individuals, and just disposed of them that way. As far as we could tell, he didn't sell any through auction barns in the state of Texas. Well, that's so interesting. So I, I feel like there are two key points there of know who you're hiring to take care of your cattle and follow up on the work that they're doing, but then also know who you're purchasing cattle from. Well, certainly as, as a buyer, and let's put it in perspective, let's say you, you sell me some cattle, and at the end of the day, those cattle didn't belong to you and they were stolen, those cattle are going to go back to the original owner, and you're going to be out the money and have no cattle. So you do need to know who you're buying them from. You do need to get a bill of sale. You do need to know all the above, all the questions that you ask. And at the end of the day, in a scheme of life, the cattle industry is, is a small world. Call around, and people should call around and ask people's credibility you know have you give me some references and just like any business give me some references to who you sold cattle to before and see what the references have to say most definitely that makes sense you're right it is a small world and people know people know now one thing that i found interesting in this case rittenbaugh he went back to the first victim and stole more cattle is that correct is that was that the final thing that he did he did, and in uh, December, it's right around uh, the first, uh, the end of December of 2018. He went back to the first victim that he had stole from, that the cattle that were recovered that were branded, went back to that victim and, and gathered some more of his cattle and put them in his pens, and he was rearrested. So that made the fourth arrest on written ball. He had already bonded out on these other charges, and each time he bonded on the previous three charges, of course, the district judge would increase his bond. When he was arrested the fourth time, the judge increased all of his bonds to $4.2 million, which is kind of unheard of at this day and time in a property's crime. And this is a property's crime. You know, it was a a million-dollar property crime, but it's pretty much unheard of to hold a person in jail on $4.25 million bonds on property crimes. Well, very, very interesting. And the outcome has been that he has to serve 37 years in prison and pay a total of $588,500 in restitutions to the victims, correct? Correct. There was also one other charge that came out of Limestone County. It involved a horse that he stole from an individual, from a victim. That was also included in that. So there was actually a total of five charges. Very interesting. And the combined total years was 37 years and the total restitution. Well, now tell us, with being in this world for as long as you have been, what are some other cases that come to mind that stand out as being big ones or interesting ones that you have been a part of? Well, you know, everybody wants to talk about the big cases, and we do do some big cases, but day in and day out, you know, we do a lot of under 10 head thefts, a lot of hitter secured credit with the banks. In other words, you know, of course, mortgage cattle that are no longer there that the that the suspects have sold. Some of these cases, you know, you, you would think that every one of them, when they back up with a trailer in the middle of the night, they back up with a trailer in the middle of the night and they load these cattle up. It's usually not that way. A lot of this is white collar crime. In other words, a lot of it's paperwork crime. But you asked a question of an interesting case. An interesting case was several years ago, a trailer got stolen 
in Falls County, gooseneck stock trailer. Well, the victim called me, so I went over to Falls County, which is Marlin, and took the report. Came back to the office and entered it in the computer in our crime, in our crime watch part of our system. And lo and behold, that trailer was spotted up in northeast Texas. And when the smoke cleared, we cleared like 11 thefts, cattle thefts, and recovered cattle in Oklahoma. Two of the suspects, of both both of them, went to prison, of course. But it was a pretty it was a pretty stretched out deal. But the only reason it was solved was number one at, at that time. I'm sure they eventually got caught. Was number one the victim called, and number two we got it entered into the crime watch. And our other guy picked it up in Northeast Texas and and ran with it and, and got him apprehended. Well, that's so interesting. Uh, walk us through some theft prevention tips that can help cattlemen avoid these kind of situations. Well, you know, we're in a different world now, a different age. Of course, in 1877, cattle raisers was formed, you know, mainly to stop cattle theft. And, of course, at that they preached branding, and, and branding was a common practice. You know, in Texas, we're not a mandatory brand state. Some of our small producers and some of even our large producers choose not to brand brand their cattle. I'm not going to tell you we're not going to recover your cattle if they're not branded, but it is a whole lot easier to recover stolen cattle that are branded, and your brand is registered in a county in which you run the cattle through the county clerk's office it's another tool in our tool chest, and they're a lot easier to identify. You know, there's a lot of black cows out there. When I get a call and say, hey, I'm missing five black cows, well, that just goes in the black cow slot. But if I get a call that's saying I've got, I'm missing five black cows and they're branded JW on the left hip, that's an easier tool to run down the road and try to apprehend those animals. Most definitely. That makes sense. And ear tags can be cut out easily, but a brand is going to be on no matter what. Correct. You know, ear tags are great. They're usually just for your neighbors, you know. At the end of the day, people that steal cattle are going to cut those cut those ear tags out. A couple of things, you know, you asked the question was, and my number one answer was, of course, get your cattle branded. But, you know, look out for your neighbor. Make You see who's coming and going. Drop down license plate numbers. If you see a, if you see a vehicle that you don't recognize in your part of the neighborhood or your part of the world, Go ahead and, and, and jot that license plate number down. Put it somewhere where you can find it. It might not be it might not be useful today, but six months from now, something might come up missing, and you go, you know, there was a truck that a white truck that it, here's the license number, and it just kind of gives us something to go by. You know, look out for each other. Make sure that that you know who your neighbors are. That that's really frustrating. On from my end, people will call and say, my neighbor, which I don't know who it is. His cows are on my place. Well, I cover 8,000 square miles. Who am I supposed to know who your neighbor is? And and that's the that's the world we live in today. People don't take time to meet their neighbors and get to know them. Try to do that. It, it makes life a lot easier on us to get things back to where they need to be. It makes sense. It does. Well, and going back to what we talked about earlier, doing your due diligence when you're purchasing cattle, know who you're hiring, just be proactive. Yeah, and be careful on these internet buys. I got a call just this last week about a, a tractor a person bought. Uh, it was one of those stories that sound too good to be true. It was too good to be true. The tractor was way too cheap. 
and these people are smart individuals that are buying these rigs, but they think they're getting such a good deal. Well, the money goes to New York and the tractor's in McAllen. Well, that ought to, that ought to send up a red flag. Why is my money going to New York to the bank and my tractor's in McAllen? And at the end of the day, there is no, there is a bank account in, in New York, but there is no tractor and you're out, you're out the funds, you're out the money. Not saying we can't get to the bottom of it, but these financial crimes and these internet crimes are awful hard to work. Sure, it makes sense. Well, I want to encourage our listeners that anytime there's something that doesn't seem right, to not hesitate to reach out to their special ranger in their area and just loop y'all in, ask some questions, or um, give you some information. Because like the trailer incident, that led to you know, a huge case that was uncovered. That's correct. We're here. We're a public servant. We're paid by a private organization, but we're public servants. And any any one of our 29 special rangers would be glad at any time to answer questions or be a help. And if we, if we can't help you, hopefully we can send you in the right direction to somebody that can help you, if that makes sense. Well, wonderful, Marvin. Thank you so much for your time today, and we appreciate you. You bet. Have a good one. Joining us now is Michelle Woodham with TSCRA to share information with us about Cattle Raisers Insurance. Michelle, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you so very much. Now, tell us, give us a scoop on Cattle Raisers Insurance. Well, Cattle Raisers Insurance has been part of Cattle Raisers Association for more than 35 years. The insurance agency actually derived from ranching families in need insurance and assistance. So the insurance agency has been around since the early 80s, and we have been very proud to assist and help and consult our members and non-members on their insurance needs. Well, that's wonderful that y'all are truly meeting a need of ranchers and landowners. Now, tell me about listeners who may not be members of TSCRA yet. Can they also benefit from cattle raisers insurance? They most certainly can. We do service members and non-members alike. We welcome anyone to give us a call. We are a fully established insurance agency, which means that we do are contracted with and are licensed with the top A-rated insurance companies. So we can help assist with their medical, dental, life needs, as well as any property, land, and casualty, workers' comp, general liability insurance needs. Wonderful. Y'all cover a lot. Now, I know open enrollment dates are coming up later this year. Tell us a little bit about what that means and what our listeners need to know. Of course. Open enrollment date is specifically for individual policies. And you'll hear on the radio, national news, you'll be hearing and seeing it. But for individuals that are interested in either purchasing a new plan for the new year, 2021, or changing their existing medical insurance, the open enrollment date starts November 1st through December 15th. And anyone that enrolls within those dates will have a January 1st effective date on their insurance policy. So those dates are very important to to pay special attention to unless there is a qualifying event throughout the year. And qualifying event can be deemed by a life-changing event, a birth, a marriage, uh, losing insurance for any other reason other than canceling it, 
are we able, are brokers able to write insurance on the individual side outside of those specific open enrollment dates? Wonderful. That is great information. What else is important for our listeners to know about the services that you provide? We strive ourselves on providing the best personal service for our members and non-members needs. We understand the insurance business and try to make the best fit for, for each individual family or business needs. We are licensed in Texas, Oklahoma, Missouri, and New Mexico. And my team and I have over 40 years of experience, and we would like to share our knowledge with those that are interested, and we are more than happy to help. You can do that at CattleRaisersInsurance.com. That is our website. Uh, You can go online, look at our online forms, whether you're wanting an individual quote or group quote. We will definitely help assist as needed. Well, that's fantastic to know. And I'm going to recommend that if our listeners are interested in learning more, that they go to tscra.org and we will link the direct link to the Cattle Raisers Insurance in the show notes. But it sounds like you're a wealth of knowledge. So I'm going to recommend that folks give you a call if they're interested and they have questions and want to know if they can get a policy through you and what that looks like. So thank you again so much. And as always, to our listeners, for more information, visit tscra.org. Mm-hmm.